going to preach on a, a revelation that God has been unfolding in, in my life. And tonight I just want to be able to help open that up for you. I want to thank the band. Haven't they done a great job tonight? Yeah? Let's give them a clap. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Wow. Okay. It's really easy, you know, when the presence of God, it's really easy just to go on with stuff and things. When the presence of God is there, just rest in that and allow Him to touch your life. If there's one thing that I've learned so strongly this year is, is that if I'm going to do anything in life, it's not going to be by my own self-effort, Amen. If I'm going to do anything significant in this life, it's going to be because I've allowed the Spirit of God to work through me. So, uh, so tonight, if, if anything's an encouragement to you, allow the Spirit of God to work through your life. Yield yourself to Him so He can flow through you and touch your life and, and do things that you couldn't even dream of doing by yourself. Amen? Amen. Right, tonight I want to preach on, on a subject called uh, following God, following God. Many people come to me as a pastor and uh, all the pastors and they say, I, I want to know what, what, what's the will of God for my life? What do I do? How do I find out the will of God? Is, my, is the will of God to, to do this or to do that? And you know what? I'd love to be able to say, yeah, it's this clear. You do this and this and this and this and this. But actually what I've found is, is that following the will of God is a, a, it's a step-by-step process. In uh, John chapter 1 and verse 43, have you got your Bible here tonight? Yeah? I want you to turn to John chapter 1 and verse 43. And it's uh, the account of Jesus calling his disciples. And in verse 43, it says, The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him simply, Follow me. Follow me. Everyone say, follow me. Follow me. Now, all through the Gospels, Jesus gave this command to various people. He said, follow me. Follow me. You know, we'd like to know specifically what the will of God is for our lives, what we will do, when we will do it, what we should train for. But what I've found is, is that the will of God is very simply, follow me. Follow me. And uh, at first I thought, as I looked at this, hey, Jesus was making a, an invitation. This was a, an invitation to, to relationship. Something like, hey, come and hang out with me for a bit. Or, or something, like, uh, something like that. But I actually, I did some research into this. I found that that's not at all what it was. Jesus was issuing a command. The command was, follow me. It's not like following Jesus is for someone who's super spiritual or, or anything like that. It's a command for all of us. Follow me. Follow Jesus. And uh, it's not just an invitation at all. It is a command. And just as Jesus issued that command to each of his disciples back then, he issues it to us right now. Now, when some people, when you talk about commands, some people get like they get really uh, uptight and say, oh, uh, it's another rule that I've got to obey. And, and oh, uh, uh, surely not. We don't have to, uh, uh, we don't have to uh, follow, follow rules and things anymore. Absolutely not. 
But you do have to follow his instructions. You see, even though it's a command, even though it's a command to everyone who chooses to obey God, he opens up a life of incredible adventure, incredible, amazing Mind-blowing opportunity. You see, our God is so awesome. He's so good. He doesn't issue commands to make your life boring. He doesn't make, issue commands to ruin your life and make it dull and, and uh, make life difficult for you. He issues a command to protect you and to open up your life to his favor and to his opportunity. Isn't that good? So tonight I want to preach to you on how it is amazing to follow God. I want to teach you five facts about following God. And I want to show you three incredible promises that go with this command. Promises. Because that's what God is really after. Not so much the command. His his desire is, is to unlock blessing and favor in our lives. The obedience is the key that unlocks that. So what does it mean to follow God? See, in the Bible, one of the best examples of a man who followed after God was Abraham. And in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. This part of following God and discerning the will of God, that is a mystery. Abraham went out, he obeyed, not knowing where he was going. Now, if you're a sort of person like me, I like to know everything. I want to know exactly what's going to happen and when and how. Now, the wild thing about following God is that he doesn't reveal all that to you. He just says, Follow me and take the next step as I lead you. Be faithful with that and I will show you where you go. So so it opens up for me an incredible adventure. And for some of you, you're just cool with that. No problem at all because it's like, no worries. Easy. The the more mystery, the better. Okay? (laughs) For the rest of us, we want to know some detail. (laughs) So we're going to look at the life of Abraham, and uh, I want you to turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 11. Now, just to give you a little bit of background, Abraham, his name originally was Abram, but uh, just so that we, we don't get confused on the way through this, I'll use Abraham all the way, okay? So God changed his name. But uh, Abraham's father was a man called Terah, and Abraham had two brothers, Nahor and a guy called Haran. And they lived in a place called Ur of the Chaldees, or Ur of the Chaldeans. And it was like a mega city of its time. Huge city. It was prosperous. It was uh, a, a center of education. It was like, uh, like the, the Shanghai of, of today, or, or the uh, New York, or, or one of those other big mega cities, like just an, an ama- amazing place. But it was also a place of idol worship. Yeah, it was a place of idol worship. And, uh, and right in that place, God spoke to a family and moved in the heart of a family. So why don't we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 11 and verses 27, 28. Now it says here, Now these were the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abraham, 
or Abraham he became, Nahor and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father, Terah, in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldees. Now, this is, to me, this is just an incredibly sad passage. Very sad passage. The first, th- first fact you need to know about following God is that some never begin. Some never begin. Haran died without ever knowing the adventure, without ever knowing the, the incredible, uh, amazing deal and, and privilege it was to follow God. He died without ever knowing that. He died in the presence of his father. Now, that is just so sad because we know there's something in us know that a father should not have to bury his children. But it gets actually, it gets a bit deeper than that too because, see, in the Old Testament, names are very significant. Names are very significant. This man's name, Haran, means mountaineer. In the Old Testament, people would often prophesy over their children and give them names that would declare something of the prophetic destiny over their lives. And Terah had prophesied over his son as he was born and said, I'll call this one Haran, which means mountaineer, conqueror of mountains. A person who would overcome obstacles. A man who would overcome challenges and difficulties. And that was his prophetic potential. He was born with significance, born with prophetic destiny and significance. Yet he died without ever beginning the walk of God. Died without ever stepping out. He was destined for greatness, but he never began. I can imagine Terah as Haran was presented to him. And I can imagine the love that his father had for him and prophesied over him his potential and said, mountaineer, conqueror. This man never lived to his prophetic potential. Now you see, just as Haran was prophesied over at his birth, You and I were born with a prophetic potential. God spoke before we were born, spoke over our lives and said, you are destined to be an overcomer. You are destined to be a winner. You are destined to be a king. You are destined to be someone who wins in life. Isn't that good? Go and you turn to someone and say, you are destined from before you were born to win. <laughs> so God spoke over our lives, every one of us, and said, you are destined to win. You are destined to do something significant in life. But just because you have that prophetic destiny doesn't mean that you will walk in it. Haran never began. Many people have potential, but they never begin the walk of God. What about you? The first step is following Jesus. When he said, follow me, follow me. Haran never began that walk. What about you? What about you? Do you begin that walk of following Jesus? Do you begin that incredible adventure 
of walking with him. How about you tonight? Because I can tell you, it's an incredible walk. It's an incredible life. Let's see what happens next. First fact you need to know, some never begin. Let's see what happens next. Genesis 11, 31 and uh, 32. Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. So they set out to the land of Canaan. This was Abraham's father, set out to Canaan, the place that God had destined for them. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Haran never began, and Terah began but never finished. The second fact that you need to know about following God is that it's meant to be a continuous walk. It's meant to be a continual experience of growth, of stretching, of pushing out, of going further than the limits, pushing the boundaries. It's never a call to settle. It's never a call to stop. It's never a call to stagnate. Following after Jesus is a life of growth. A life of advance. A life of progress. I love that. Isn't that incredible? But this guy, Tira, began, but he didn't continue. He didn't finish. And I don't know what makes me sadder. His son who never began or he who began and never finished. There is a finish line for us that we push towards. The Apostle Paul puts it like this, and, and I love this because this is the attitude, the exact opposite of, of, uh, of Tira's attitude in Philippians 3 and, uh, and verses 12 to 15. It says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but th- this is the Apostle Paul saying that. He's doing miracles, signs and wonders. He's preaching the gospel, pushing back boundaries all the way. And he says, not that I've already got there, not that I've already got there, but I press on and make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting which lies behind and straining forward to what lays ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Someone give God a great big shout and amen. That's the sort of attitude that wins in life. That's the sort of attitude that God blesses and opens up His favor for. We're going to see how God pours out his favor on people who embrace this sort of attitude. But tonight I want to ask you, is this the sort of attitude and tenacity and determination that you have? Is it? Ask the person next to you, do you have that kind of attitude? That's a great attitude. (laughs) See, Terah settled in a place, funnily enough, called Haran. Now we don't know exactly what caused Terah to settle in this place. But there's two things that we know about Terah, uh, Haran. First of all, it's the same name as his son who died. See, many people, many people begin the life of God, 
But because of grief or hurt or upset or offense, they get stuck in a place. And I wonder, I wonder if, if Terah had got to this place that was named, had the same name as his son, and he was overcome by his grief for his son and the loss in his life. I wonder if that was the case. Because many people I know I've seen, they begin their Christian walk well. They start out following God. And then they get caught in a place where, they, where grief from the past comes up and climbs on them. And it's like they stop still. Or they get offended or hurt or something like that. And it's all of a sudden their life in God, their walk with God comes to a halt. I wonder if that happened to Tara. Could it be happening in your life? Is there a grief in your life, a sorrow from the past, a hurt or a wound that is holding you back right now? It's time to let that go because that will rob you of your destiny. That will rob you of the privilege of walking with God and fulfilling His purpose in your life. See, maybe that was the reason that Tara stopped there. Maybe there was another reason. Haran was very similar. The city of Haran was very similar to Ur of the Chaldees. The people of Haran had the same language. They had the same custom. And they worshipped the same idols. I wonder if it was that that held, held Tira back. I wonder if he was held back by sin in his life that said, I'm really comfortable here. I, you know, I've started out. I've started out following the will of God. I've started out, but actually, this is, you know, this is comfortable. You know, I don't have, I don't have to be like, like super, super over the top or anything. I, I, I'll follow God here. Surely that's good enough. Maybe, maybe that was going on in his life. You see, if your Christian life has stagnated, if your Christian life has stopped or you've settled in a place, you know, I'd be willing to put a bet on it that there's one of those two issues going on. Either there's a grief or an offense or something that's happened in the past, or there's a sin issue that is nagging at you and you don't want to deal with it. You see, that thing will rob you of your future. That will rob you of fulfilling all that God has for you. Terah died in that place. I believe, I believe here that, that uh, the call of God on Abraham's life was also for Terah and his whole family. Because it says that they set out for Canaan, but they stopped. I wonder if Terah had pushed through that, whether there'd be a whole new, a whole new, uh, uh, there'd be other chapters in the Bible written about this man's exploits as well. But he didn't. He stopped there and died. Tonight, what about you? Is there things in your life that you've got to deal with? Offenses? You need to deal with those. The Christian life is a continuous walk. There's a third fact that you need to know, that you need to know about following Jesus, is that it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go out from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, it's not comfortable. 
God said to Abraham, I'm calling you out of all your comfort zones, out of your country, out of your family, out of the place where you're at comfort with. Now, some of us get really nervous with that because, you know, I, as a, uh, before I was a Christian, one of the things I thought of is, is that if I become a Christian, is he going to send me to Africa to become a missionary and I've got to live there for the rest of my life? God, <laughs> who else had that fear? Uh, come on. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anna says, go, send me. All right. Yeah, but for me, that was a real, a real issue. But you hear what God is not saying, that he's going to send us all to some far off place. Some of you, he might. Okay. <laughs> but what he's saying is, is that I'm taking you out of your comfort zones. I'm taking you out of the place that you're comfortable with. Because my ways are completely different from your ways. They're not what you're used to. When you come into the kingdom of God, there's a whole different language. There's a whole different way of doing things, a whole different life that affects everything from your giving to your relationships to your priorities. That's, what's God, that's what God's saying. I'm calling you out of the things that you're familiar and into something new. Following Jesus is not a cruise or a bed of roses, but I tell you it's an incredible adventure. It's an amazing place. It will stretch you and grow you. And guess what? You will be a better person for it. Tell the person next to you, you're going to be a better person for following Christ. <laughs> the fourth fact that you need to know, you need to know about following Jesus is that it's not all about you. Tell the person next to you, it's not all about you. It's not all about you. In Genesis chapter 12 and verses 4 and 5, it talks about the people that Abraham took with him. He took a whole bunch of people with him. He took his wife. He took his nephew. He took all his employees. When you follow after God, it will affect the people around you radically, the people in your family, the people in your workplace. It will impact them for good. It's not all about you. See, your walk in God and the decisions you make, whether you push forward or whether you draw back, will have influence on the people around you. And in Abraham's case, it even affected the generations after him right down to our lives right now. Our lives are impacted by the decisions that, Jesus, that, uh, that Abraham made. And our decisions... The decisions that we make, who knows what the impact will be in this life and beyond, beyond our life to future generations. What will be the impact of our lives? I tell you, if you follow God, follow Jesus heart out, the impact will be incredible. Impact will be amazing. You see, people around you are watching you to see what you do. What decisions do you make? It's not just about you. Okay, in Genesis 12, verse 6, the next fact is, is that there will be opposition. Now, that might be news to some of you. The rest of us have known that by hard experience. There will be opposition. In, uh, in verse 6, it says, Abraham passed through the land to the place, uh, to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The land that God was giving to Abraham was already populated by Canaanites, people who were not rolling out the welcome mat for Abraham. 
And there's people in our lives who will not be excited with the stance that we make. They will not be excited by the choices we make. Ask anyone who's been involved with missions. Ask anyone who's been involved with that and the opposition that comes from families. Every one of them. I know you ask the team that's going out this time. And you, you talk to them and you find the opposition from, from the people around them. Say, so what, what are you doing something like that for? See, there will be opposition. For some people, this becomes like a newsflash from hell that they thought, hey, hold on, I didn't sign up for that deal. I, I thought everyone would love me for becoming a Christian. I thought everything would be easy. Guess what? Wrong. It's never been like that. Never been like that. There's always been opposition to those who walk after God. There were Canaanites in the land. The Canaanites... What sort of people they were? They were known for their violence. They were known for their, for their perversions. They were known for their idolatry. These people were not going to make it easy for Abraham to follow him, for Abraham to follow God. They weren't going to make it easy. The land that Abraham was given and the land that we are given is full of people who will hate us, that will oppose us, that will misunderstand us, that will try to tempt us. But that's right. Because we win. Amen. <laughs> yeah, come on. Someone else has got to get excited about that, eh? Yeah. All right. Okay. In, in Acts chapter 14 and verse 22, it says that, that Paul went around strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Many tribulations we must enter the, the kingdom of God. And you know, tonight, if, uh, uh, if there's a challenge going on in your life, if there's opposition in your life, that is not to be unexpected. But actually, there is a grace that comes for you through that. And I'm going to open that up in a minute. But first of all, I'll just go through those five facts. Okay, some never begin. Following Christ is a continuous walk. Second one. Third one, it's not going to be comfortable. Fourth one, it's more than about you. There's people's eternal lives at stake because of the choices that you make. And the fifth one is, is that there will be opposition. But those, those are the facts. But you see, with each of these, there is a promise. The command is to follow God, to follow Jesus. There is a promise that goes with these. And this promise is what God is really wanting to open up over our lives. So what are these promises? These promises are something that you can hold on to. These promises are something to encourage you. These promises are something for you to believe in and pray into being around your life. The first promise is that God himself will guide you. God himself will guide you. Genesis chapter, one, chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go to you from your country to the land that I will show you. God said, he would guide you. And just as God said that he would guide Abraham, he will guide you and I through every step of our lives. He will guide us. Do you believe that? I believe that so much. I've, I've known it in my own life. There is a promise there. You don't have to find your own way. It's not like you're left in the dark without a flashlight. He will guide you. He will show you the way. It doesn't mean that he'll show you exactly uh, what will be in 20 years' time or whatever, but he shows you step by step 
where to place your feet. And Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. There is a promise for God's guidance in our lives. That's a big promise. The second promise is, is that God is committed to your success. God is committed to your success. To Abraham, he said, I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God promises our success for those who choose to follow him. For those who choose to put their trust in Him, for those who walk after Him. He is committed to your success. God doesn't set you up to fail. Every difficulty that you find yourself in is not to break you, but to strengthen you and to empower you. Every problem that you face, you go into it knowing that God can bring you through and His desire is to bring you through and for you to win. That's a great promise. The last promise is, is that God will manifest himself to you. Can I have the band, please? God will manifest himself to you. As you read further on in that passage in, in Genesis chapter 12, it says in verse 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abraham. And said to you, offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. God appeared to Abraham. See, Abraham had made many choices and faced many difficulties. But he continued to walk after God. God revealed himself to him. God revealed himself to Abraham. I don't know if you know the significance of that tonight. But that promise also comes down through to us. Jesus said in John chapter 14, and verse 21, Jesus said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, whoever has my commandments, and keeps them. What did he say? Follow me. Follow me. So he said, He it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I will manifest myself to him. Tonight, wherever you are, the command of Jesus is still the same. Follow me. Whether you've never made a commitment to Christ before, or whether you've been walking the Christian life for 20 years, the command is the same. Will you follow me? Will you continue to push, will, we can, will you continue to walk out? Will you continue to listen? 
Jesus says, I will manifest myself to you. How does his manifestation take place? How does he reveal himself to you? He reveals himself to you through answered prayer. He reveals himself to you through his presence, a tangible presence. Tonight, how many of you felt his presence in this place? He manifests himself to us. He manifests himself through supernatural provision. 20 years ago, I got home from a party. I was empty inside. Yet I'd seen that one of my friends at that party had become a Christian. Their life was radically, radically, radically changed from darkness to light. I got home that night not knowing anything about God. But hungry for reality in my life. And before I got into that bed, I didn't even know what I was doing, but I said, God, if you're out there, reveal yourself to me and I will follow you all the days of my life. I know what that meant at the time, but I just wanted God. I wanted the reality of Him. Short term time later, God spoke back through His church service. You know what He said? He said, Follow me, and I will reveal myself to you. And I said, That's a fair deal. That's a fair deal. So I surrendered myself my whole life to Jesus Christ. I tell you something incredible happened. From that day, God revealed himself to me. He manifested himself to me. The next day, by an outstanding miracle and healing someone who was sick, right before my eyes, and I've seen the manifestation of God all through my life. Tonight there is a promise. Maybe some of you have drawn back. Some of you have drawn back in your walk with God. That you're happy to keep walking with Him, but you've lost sight of His promise to reveal Himself to you. You've lost sight of it. Tonight, Make a decision to hold on to that promise.